everyone. Welcome to the True Path Podcast. Thank you so much for joining in today. So today is session four, and we're continuing our study in the book of Daniel. We'll be discussing chapter two, verses 19 through 30 today. Now, last session kind of ended with a cliffhanger. As you remember, King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon had a dream, and it disturbed him greatly. He knew that this dream was significant, both to him and his kingdom. So he immediately summoned the wise men of Babylon, the magicians, the mediums, and the sorcerers, to tell Nebuchadnezzar what his dream was, as well as interpret it. And if they weren't able to do this, they would be killed. Now, the wise men, they were flabbergasted at his request, and they claimed that no one could do what the king requested. No one has ever been asked to tell what the dream was before interpreting it. The king always just told them what his dream was, then they would give the interpretation, but not this time. And when they were unable to tell the king what his dream was, he became so violently angry, he ordered the execution of all the wise men of Babylon, which included Daniel and his three friends, Hananiah, Azariah, and Mishael. Even though Daniel and his friends were not even consulted by King Nebuchadnezzar, they didn't even know about the king's dream. Yet they were still counted among those to be executed. Now, when Daniel found out about it, he responded with wisdom, tact, and discretion, and asked the king to give him some time so that he could give the king the interpretation. Then he went and got his friends, and they began to pray. They prayed to God for mercy concerning this mystery. And God heard their prayer, like he always does when children pray. And in verses 19 through 30, we read, The mystery was then revealed to Daniel in a vision at night. And Daniel praised the God of the heavens and declared, May the name of God be praised forever and ever, for wisdom and power belong to him. He changes the times and seasons. He removes kings and establishes kings. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to those who have understanding. He reveals the deep and hidden things. He knows what is in the darkness, and light dwells with him. I offer thanks and praise to you, God of my ancestors, because you have given me wisdom and power, and now you have let me know what we asked of you, for you have let us know the king's mystery. Therefore Daniel went to Arioch, whom the king had assigned to destroy the wise men of Babylon. He came and said to him, Don't destroy the wise men of Babylon. Bring me before the king, and I will give him the interpretation. Then Arioch quickly brought Daniel before the king and said to him, I have found a man among the Judean exiles who can let the king know the interpretation. The king said in reply to Daniel, whose name was Belteshazzar, Are you able to tell me the dream I had and its interpretation? Daniel answered the king, No wise man, medium, magician, or diviner is able to make known to the king the mystery he asked about. But there is a God in heaven who reveals mysteries, and he has let King Nebuchadnezzar know what will happen in the last days. Your dream and the visions that came into your mind as you lay in bed were these. Your majesty, while you were in your bed, thoughts came to your mind about what will happen in the future. The revealer of mysteries has let you know what will happen. As for me, this mystery has been revealed to me not because I have more wisdom than anyone living, but in order that the interpretation might be made known to the king, 
and that you may understand the thoughts of your mind. Now, notice verse 19 says the mystery was then revealed to Daniel. Only after he prayed and sought God's help did the revelation come. Now, remember back from verse 117, Daniel was already gifted in understanding dreams, but he still recognized that his gift came from God. You see, he didn't rely on his giftedness alone to produce the desired results. He engaged the help of God, the originator of his gifts. We've all been given special gifts and abilities from God, but if we rely only on our gifts and abilities to accomplish our goals, without seeking the Lord, without engaging Him in the use of them, then our gifts and abilities will only take us so far. Take for granted, um, excuse me, take for instance the Koenigsegg Jesko Absolute. It is one of the fastest and most expensive cars on the planet. It is said to reach a top speed of over 300 miles per hour and costs a staggering $3.4 million dollars. It is an engineering marvel. But even with its incredibly complex engineering systems and the innovative technologies used in its construction, you won't get very far in a Koenigsegg Jesko Absolute without a full tank of gas. It is an engineering and manufacturing masterpiece, but it can't run without a power source, gasoline. We may be the most gifted person ever, but if we aren't engaged with the source, if we aren't recognizing and seeking Jesus and how we use what we've been given, then there's a limit to what we can accomplish, to how much we grow, and to the impact that we can make. Daniel sought the Lord, and God revealed this mystery. Psalm 25:14 says, The secret counsel of the Lord is for those who fear him. He reveals his covenant to them. God also chose to reveal the mystery of the king's dream in a vision at night. God chose to speak to Daniel in a dream. So God used Daniel's gift, which was interpreting dreams, as the vehicle in which he ministered to Daniel. God ministers to us when we use our gifts to minister to others. I mean, how often have you felt it was more of a blessing for you to serve than the one you're serving? So when we get about doing and participating in the work of the Lord, we gain as much or more than we give. So if that doesn't spur us on to use our gifts, I don't know what will. So when Daniel and his friends receive what they prayed for, what do they do? Do they immediately run to the king and tell him that they've got the answer? I mean, they've just been given the information that will save their lives, and time is of, an essence, of the essence here. And what is Daniel's first response? Praise. His first inclination upon receiving this wonderful, life-saving answer is to praise the Lord. Just like his first inclination when he heard the news that his life was in danger was to pray to the Lord. We often hear calls for prayer in our culture when bad things happen. I'm remembering 9-11 and Hurricane Katrina. During the aftermath of these tragedies, people from government officials to entertainers to newscasters were all encouraging us to pray for those impacted. It was acceptable to ask for prayer during these times. But it begs the question, 
Are we as quick to praise God when good things happen as we are to pray to God when bad things happen? I mean, please understand, I'm in no way condemning here. I mean, I think it's right and good when the first thing you think of when something bad happens is to pray to God. I mean, that's what God wants us to do, and that's what is best to do. But I'm just throwing out the question, I mean, do we respond the same way when something good happens? James 1.17 says, every good and perfect gift comes to us from God. So if he's the author of everything good, then shouldn't we recognize and praise him for it? Well, Daniel certainly did. In verses 20 through 23, it includes a psalm in which Daniel praised God for his wisdom and power. For verse 20, my commentary says that the wisdom that is mentioned here is a means by which God's presence and activity in the world are demonstrated. So everything God does originates from wisdom. Everything God does is wise. Now, hopefully knowing this will change our perspectives a bit, because if God's thoughts and actions are always wise, then we can trust that he knows best. And our circumstances, they are for our good and growth and his glory. If what he does is wise, then what he does is right. Wisdom sees beyond feelings and emotions. Wisdom understands that spiritual growth and maturity is more important than happiness. And ultimately, spiritual growth and maturity brings about happiness and joy. Verse 21 goes on to say that he changes the times and seasons. He removes kings and establishes kings. Scholars believe that this could be alluding to Nebuchadnezzar's dream which involved the rise and fall of various kingdoms. Verse 22 says he reveals the deep and hidden things. He knows what is in the darkness and light dwells with him. As opposed of the as opposed to the gods of the Babylonians from verse 11 who did not dwell with humans, implying that their gods were unable or unwilling to help them in this situation. They were detached from human existence unlike the one true God, who not only is able to reveal mysteries, but is willing to, because he is a personal, relational God, who not only is involved in the affairs of the world, but is also involved in the affairs of individuals. God loves us and will reveal mysteries to his children. God wants us to know him and his creation. Now, this is kind of an aside. I mean, this is just my personal impression, so take it with a grain of salt. But I think everything human beings know about ourselves and the world around us is due to God's revelation of mysteries. I think we know what we know because God chose to reveal it to us. I mean, so often credit is given to the person who made the discovery, Isaac Newton and the laws of gravity. Benjamin Franklin and electricity, Albert Einstein and the theory of relativity. But all of these fundamental laws of the natural world, they were already created by God. They were present on the earth before humans. It was God who gave these amazing men the capacity to understand his creation in such a way. So I think it's not as much the wisdom of man reaching up to discover God 
as it is God reaching down and making himself known through the revelation of mysteries. And I think Daniel understood that and recognized God for it. And not only does God reveal what is unknown, but reveals what is unseen. Verse 22, he knows what is in the darkness and light dwells with him. We can keep no secrets from God. He knows it all. He knows the inner darkness of the human heart, the darkness of the unseen realm of Satan, and the darkness of distant past and future. He knows the very best part of you and the very worst part of you, and yet still loves you. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. He didn't sacrifice himself in spite of our sin. He sacrificed himself because of our sin. There is no greater love than that. And if he knows all there is to know about us, even our deep, dark places, and still loves us, well, then we might as well just come clean and surrender to him. 1 John 1.5 says, God is light, and there is absolutely no darkness in him. No darkness at all, other translations say. So while nothing is hidden from God, and he knows what is in the darkness, he is not a part of darkness. He is the antithesis of darkness. So when we cleave unto God, we remove ourselves from darkness. The closer to God we get, the further away from darkness we get. Daniel continues his psalm of praise in verse 23 by praising God for giving him wisdom and power and for letting him know the king's mystery. Now here in this verse, Daniel refers to God as the God of my ancestors. God does not change. The same God who brought Israel out of Egypt by parting the Red Sea, who led them through the wilderness with a cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night, who blessed them and gave them the promised land, is the same God Daniel and his friends prayed to. And he is the same God you and I pray to today. Let that sink in for a moment. You can have a private audience with the King of Kings, the creator of the universe, anytime you want. Think for a moment about a famous public figure you most admire. Now, what's the chance of ever getting a private audience with them? Impossible. But we can meet with God anytime. Do we maybe take that for granted sometimes? So after praising the Lord for revealing the king's dream, Daniel went to Arioch, the king's guard, who was given the task of destroying all the wise men. And he, told, and he told them that he was able to give the king the interpretation. And in verse 25, it says, Then Arioch quickly brought Daniel before the king and said to him, I have found a man among the Judean exiles who could let the king know the interpretation. So Arioch basically lied here. I mean, he didn't find Daniel. Daniel went and found him. I mean, maybe Arioch is vying for a reward here, but he clearly was taking the credit. And Daniel, he said nothing. That's because getting the credit was not the point. Daniel was so firmly planted in the will of God that he didn't need and wasn't seeking recognition. So King Nebuchadnezzar asked Daniel, are you able to tell me the dream and its interpretation? 
And notice Daniel's response in verses 27 through 28. Daniel answered the king, No wise man, medium, magician, or diviner is able to make known the king's mystery. But there is a God in heaven who reveals mysteries, and he has let King Nebuchadnezzar know what will happen in the last days. Your dream and the visions that came into your mind as you lay in bed were these. Your majesty, while you were in your bed, thoughts came to your mind about what will happen in the future. And the revealer of mysteries has let you know what will happen. So notice Daniel's frame of mind in this situation. I mean, my first response would have been, hey, let me interpret this dream and spare my life. But Daniel, he used it as an, used it as an opportunity to witness. I mean, he admitted that no person can do what the king asked, but the God of heaven can. I mean, Daniel was facing a man who could execute him with a word, and he still confessed that he couldn't do it, but God could. You see, God not only gave Daniel the answer he requested, but he also gave him the strength and courage to carry it out in a way that would honor God. We've been talking a lot today about the gifts that God gives us, but let's be honest, it's not always easy to use our gifts. I mean, we may receive resistance. It might make us feel vulnerable. It takes courage and patience and tenacity sometimes to use our gifts for God's glory and not our own. But God not only equips us with the gift, he gives us that courage, that patience and tenacity. And Daniel's courage is on full display here. He boldly told the king, it is God who has the wisdom and power to convey the dream and its interpretation. And he goes on to say that the dream involved what would happen in the future. So Nebuchadnezzar was lying in bed one night and began to think about the future. So God gave him a dream to let him know what would happen. And in verses 30, it closes by saying, as for me, this mystery has been revealed to me, not because I have more wisdom than anyone living, but in order that the interpretation might be made known to the king, and that you may understand the thoughts of your mind. Again, Daniel shunned any credit or recognition, even though he was by far the wisest person in the room. The prophet Ezekiel spoke of Daniel's wisdom in Ezekiel 28.3 which actually was an interesting account. God told Ezekiel to confront the king of Tyre about his pride. And he told Ezekiel to say to the king of Tyre, do you think you're wiser than Daniel? Even Jesus spoke of him in Matthew 24, 15. But Daniel didn't get sidetracked with trying to prove that he was the best because he could do what his colleagues couldn't. He rightfully saw this as an exchange between King Nebuchadnezzar and God. And see, this is why Daniel was able to be used by God in such a mighty way, because he didn't let pride get in the way. He was so laser focused on following God's will that personal benefit became irrelevant. Boy, that is a goal that I sure wish I could achieve. The mystery was revealed so that God would be glorified. Because later on in verse 47, King Nebuchadnezzar said to Daniel, Your God is indeed God of gods and Lord of kings. And the mystery is also revealed to show that it is God who controls future events. 
Now, I'm sure you've all heard the quote, I don't know what the future holds, but I do know who holds the future. And it's comforting, isn't it? That when we don't know, there's someone who does. And when we can't control things, there's someone who can. Are you confident that whatever you, your future holds, God is in control of it and will help you through it? So our challenge this week is to go back and read through Daniel's Psalm of Praise, verses 20 through 23 again, and be ready to praise the Lord for His good, goodness and wisdom this week. Thank you so much for joining me today. God bless you.